0: Coming up on this week's show, Lucy Lennox is here to talk about the brand new Heart to Heart anthology, plus Greg Tremblay tells us about how he became an audiobook narrator. Welcome to
1: the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff
2: Adams and Will Kanaus. Welcome to episode 122 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com. And I am Will from
0: WillKanaus.com. This week's episode is brought to you in part by listeners just like you. We will have more information on how you can help support this show in just a few moments. Welcome back, everyone. Another week, another episode. Um, We've got some great stuff coming up for you, so let's get to it.
2: Yeah, we are action-packed. So this past week was a busy one for us. We turned in the sequel to Hockey Player's Heart. Very excited to have that turned over to the good folks at Dream Spinner, and we'll see what happens there next. Uh, We're also, as we're recording this, just back uh, from the Sacramento area, because we were down there this week scoping out places to live uh, for the move that... Pretty much we expect to happen in about the next six weeks mm-hmm. or so. Yeah. Did you enjoy the trip?
0: Uh, it was a brief but tiresome, tiring trip. Uh, we hope that the place that we chose will work out and we'll have more information in the coming weeks.
2: Yeah, it was, it was definitely the whirlwind and uh, about 12 hours of driving over about, in about three days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, we do have some news of the Kickstarter variety. Uh, a couple of our favorite things have Kickstarters that have just started up. That's very redundant. Anyway, uh, where the Bears are, Season 7 has announced a Kickstarter. They're looking to raise $150,000 by March 1st. They're off and running. Uh, so far, so good it looks there. So we wish them all the best. And we have definitely thrown our contribution their way because we definitely would like to see a Season 7. hmm Also, our friends over at the Love and Luck Podcast are kickstarting their way to season two. Uh, If you heard our interview a few episodes back uh, with them, they actually did the entire first season on a volunteer basis. Mm This coming season, they'd actually like to pay their actors a little bit of money, and also pay for some of their production costs uh, because they're a little bit on the high end side, given uh, what they try to do with the performance on that audiobook. So we wish them the best. They're looking for about four thousand dollars, and they're going to complete that by February twenty eighth. And it's another one that we have we have put our backing behind. And if you like love and luck, uh, we encourage you to do the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, We would like to thank Rob K.
0: He is our newest patron. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the family. Thank you, Rob. Um, Now, you can help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For as little as 25 cents an episode, your pledge helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this podcast. And now, for fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, you'll have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. And patrons who... um, wish to divulge their home address we will send you a special little something in the mail just for them
2: yes and we promise we'll keep that to ourselves to your home address
0: of course now any month that our pledges cover the monthly production goals we will produce a special bonus episode uh, especially for our patrons and the february bonus episode is like right around the corner yeah we'll be recording that next week yeah so uh if you uh, have joined us on Patreon. Pay- uh,
2: Patreon. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, if you are uh, one of our friends on Patreon, ha- my, I can't say that word today. Oh my goodness gracious! Okay, right. okay. <laughs> so if you've joined us on that crowdfunding site, um, please uh, take a look at uh, the most recent posts. Uh, if you have any special questions for us. Um, This week's, this upcoming bonus episode will essentially be our Valentine's Day episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you have any Valentine's related questions or any other questions in general, please get them
2: to us Mm -hmm. uh, in the next few days. Um, Yeah. Um, so you could join us on Patreon at P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Big Gay Fiction Podcast. That's Patreon.com dot slash Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I won't make you say Patreon again the rest of the show. Thank
0: you. Okay. <laughs> now that that's done, uh, while we are, were away, we actually had the uh, opportunity to speak with Lucy Lennox uh-huh. uh, and the work that she's done on the brand new
2: anthology. Yes, uh, that anthology comes out this week, and she's got the scoop on this extremely cute premise. Uh, All the folks that helped get it together and uh, where you can pick it up at. So, we're excited today to welcome Lucy Lennox to the podcast. Hi, Lucy. Hi. We wanted to get you on the show to tell us about this anthology that's coming out this week for Valentine's Day. It's called Heart to Heart. Give us a little bit of the backstory here, and, and most importantly, maybe tell us the charities that it's going to benefit as well.
3: Okay. Well, first of all, we're really excited about it. Um, this is a darling of Leslie Copeland's, who is uh, my beta reader. I call her my beloved beta reader, and this was her idea. Um, and I can't remember now when she came up with the concept of it. It just sort of started out as one of these ideas that she ran with, and she told a couple of us authors that she works with and that she's friends with. And we're like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And it was always going to benefit charities. And she was going to pull, try and pull together a handful and maybe five or six authors to write a short story to put together. And then we're just got out and got out and it ended up, there's 11 of us. Um, and basically the setup is um, that this is again, Leslie came up with this. The setup is that there is a, an app, a matchmaking app that's launching and it promises, you know, it's going to set you up with your one true love, but something goes wrong at the last minute and the matchmaking app ends up, the algorithms are off and it ends up matching up all these bizarre, never meant to be together couples. And each short story is a different couple. And the way that um, this sort of came about With the setup, and and I'll talk about the charities too, because that's the whole reason we're doing this, so I can't wait to talk about that. But the setup, um, it it was super fun. So Leslie went out onto Facebook and put sort of a Mad Libs type form out there, uh, asking people to fill in different names and different occupations and different personality traits and everything. And then the authors who were participating got to choose from this crazy list of like bizarre so you've got the mortician and the magician and my story is the uber driver and the sex phone opera the sex phone operator what's the that? this yeah phone phone sex phone sex operator and so there's just sort of these madcap combinations uh, like the baker and the assassin or uh, i can't remember if i have that right but they're super fun like you can tell just from seeing the setup that the stories are going to be super fun so it got all of us authors really inspired to to have fun with it, and um, and so the the authors got together and created a group where we talked about okay, do we want to have all the money go to one charity or three charities or five charities? And we voted, and basically um, we're still waiting for final approval to to sort of officially announce who we who it's benefiting. But we're hoping to get approval for the fundraiser to benefit the Trevor project, which was a unanimous choice by all of us, which we love, um, the Trevor project, which as you guys, I'm sure know, is all about saving children's lives, LGBTQ youth lives, and a lot of suicide prevention, um, which just gives me goosebumps because it's so important. It's so timely. And, um, especially with, um, transgender statistics about suicide and everything else. I, I, I personally am a huge fan of the Trevor project and, um, so I'm thrilled that that was my number one choice. I'm thrilled they're they're on the list. And then um, we also have the Bisexual Resource Center as one of the beneficiaries. Hopefully, again, this is unofficial right now. We're still waiting for approval. And then from from the charities themselves. And then the third is the One in Ten um, uh, Shelter, which is in Arizona, I believe, and they they're the ones that experienced the fire, um, I believe. And so they're sort of rebuilding and recovering from that. So those are the three charities that will, will be the beneficiaries of all of the proceeds. And so there aren't e- even any expenses on this project because everything's been donated. Um, Angst DG donated all of the cover artwork, and she's done a tremendous amount of work creating teasers, the cover art um, for the paperback, full wrap, and the ebook. book um, And then uh, editing services and proofreading services have been donated by Ann Atwood and Lori Parks. Um, I know uh, Courtney Bassett has done some beta reading and proofreading. Obviously, Leslie herself has done a lot, a lot of beta reading and proofing. And everyone's just come together to help each other out. Um, Amy Wasp, A.E. Wasp, is one of the authors, and she is doing um, some really fun teasers on Facebook too, that she's just creating with like mine is a card dashboard. And then it has a guy with a phone, um, on it and a teaser, you know, snippet. So they're super fun. So definitely check them out on Facebook. Um, and the book comes out on Wednesday. It is going out to arc readers today. So you guys will be lucky. You'll get your own copy and it's 11 stories of, of just super fun setups. Um, and also, uh, we wrote a a little intro story about how this all, like how this software got messed up in the first place. So that has its own little, little romantic snippet, sort of. That's kind of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I, wrote I wrote that, that and I, I I wrote there. There's the first part of it is before the anthology starts, and then kind of the second part of their story is at the at the end. So you have to kind of get through to read what happens to the programmer. And um, so, yeah, that's all we're waiting for. I'm waiting for actually Sloane Kennedy is one of the authors. And you guys know she and I collaborate on some things. So I sent the last part of that to her last night. Help, make this better. And we're waiting on that before we send out the ARCs today. So we're super excited. It's a great group of authors. Um, Everybody, all the authors involved, use sort of their own special skills to bring to their stories. So like Haley Turner writes, she likes to blow things up. So I think her story has some, you know, some stuff like that in it. Um, Charlie Cochet has some really cute, super Charlie type stuff in hers. Um, Lily Morton, May Archer, I mean, the Ruthie Luna, I, I, it, the, the author list itself is tremendous. I can't wait. I haven't read them all yet. I can't wait read it. So I'm super excited to
2: share it. Yeah. We want to share the author lists so that people know it. So besides you, there's May Archer, Charlie Cochet,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Poppy Dennison, Allison Hendricks, Sloane Kennedy,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Ruthie Luno. Luno. Thank you. I don't know why mm-hmm. I can't read that today. Uh, <laughs> Lily Morton, Chris Owen, uh, Haley Turner and A.E. Wasp, which is tremendous. Yeah. I love how it has bookends that you've kind of yeah. written. What happens with the software and then all the stories yeah. kind of in between. That's really amazing.
3: Yeah. I wrote the first part of it just as a setup and um and then and that was Leslie's idea. And then I shared it with Sloan yesterday and she and she was reading it while she was on the phone with me and she was laughing and she's like, oh my gosh, I totally need to know what happens to these characters. I'm like, are you kidding? The, you're being the reader. You know, the reader we always talk about that on release day, they're like, when's the next book out? I need to know about this side character and this side character and I need their whole story right now. I'm like, that's what you just did to me. She's like, you have to at least write the second half of it. I'm like, you're asking me to write a whole second short story. She's like, yeah. So I did last night. I wrote the whole second half of it and um, it was her. So it was Sloan Kennedy's idea to write, go ahead and write what happens and the follow up of like sort of the fallout of what happened to this programmer after all of this, he went to hell basically. And so I did that and then it was her idea to put it at the end. So yeah.
2: yeah. That's really great. I mean, that's only the way that we publish today can allow you to put something yes! in yesterday. Cause we we're talking to you on Friday morning before, yes. you know, like, what, five days before this yeah. anthology comes out, and you're still writing story for it. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Well, I just think it sounds like a, a remarkable project. When I saw the
0: cover for the first time just the other day, and the, the the well, frankly, the quality of all of the authors involved, I just about lost my mind. I'm like, <laughs> Jeff, look at this, it's amazing! <laughs> yeah. So Well, um,
3: and I have to say, we used your anthology that you guys did with the hockey um, to as like, cause we, we didn't know some of the things about copyright. How do you do copyright on a collection of short stories when each individual author owns their own copyright, but you need to copyright the collection and, and things like that. And, you know, you have to make, when you're doing an anthology like this, you have to make it, you have to make it work for its purpose. First of all, the fundraising purpose you, you want, I mean, our goal is to raise as much money as possible for these incredible charities that are doing this important work. And so you want to sell a lot of copies so that you can, you know, donate more money. But at the same time, it still needs to be consistent with all of the authors involved and what their goals are and what they like to do for their brand. And so, you know, I, I think like for me, collaborating with Sloane Kennedy is 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 has been an interesting challenge because she writes a very different style than I do. And so we butt up against this a lot when we write together. But when you're bringing in 11 different authors for this anthology who have very different styles and tones and author voices, you know, some are paranormal and some like to blow things up and some like to be, you know, silly. And so to be able to do all of those things under the same umbrella and the same setup was, to me, one of the magical pieces of this project Um, because everybody still gets a chance to shine, but they all come together and work under this sort of set up umbrella. So yeah, it's really exciting. And I forgot to mention too, it is going to be in Kindle Unlimited. Um, the anthology is only going to be out for a limited time. It's going to be out for 90 days, which should take us to May 7th. So you definitely want to get it quick. Um, it will be in Kindle Unlimited and available for sale on Amazon and all, like I said, all proceeds um, from Amazon go directly to these charities. There, there are no expenses or anything else that comes out of it. So we're really excited.
2: That is fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for talking to us about the anthology and we hope it does amazing things uh, for sales to give money to these charities.
3: Awesome, me thank too. You.
2: In the hockey player's heart, the feel
0: good gay romance by Jeff Adams and Will Knauss, Hockey star Caleb Carter returns to his hometown to recover from an injury. He never expects to run into his one-time crush at a great school fundraiser. Seeing Aaron Price hits him hard, like being checked into the boards. The attraction is still there, even after all these years, and Caleb decides to make a play for the school teacher. You miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Aaron has been burned by love before, and can't imagine what a celebrity like Caleb could possibly see in a guy like him their differences are just too great. But as Aaron spends more time with Caleb, he begins to wonder if he might have what it takes to win the Hockey Player's Heart. Get the Hockey Player's Heart at DreamSpinnerPress.com, Amazon.com, and other online book retailers.
2: So we do have a couple books to talk about this week, and you're going to kick us off with a, a cute little valentine day story that came out.
0: Yes, really quickly we wanted to mention the short story called Wrapped Up in You. It's by Ella Frank and Brooke Blaine and it's a short about uh, Vaughn and Carter and Vaughn is a very busy doctor Uh, and unfortunately he was busy during the holidays and wasn't able to spend any time with his boyfriend. So when Valentine's Day rolls around he starts to give uh, his, um, uh, his man some special themed uh, holiday, holiday treats uh, yes. on Valentine's Day. So it combines the two holidays together. And the story is basically a series of vignettes uh, about the gifts and the, um, the, the things in the relationship that inspired them. So, it's really cute, super short, fast, enjoyable read. Uh, so, highly, we both read it and highly mm-hmm. recommend you check it out. That's great. Um, also, um, if you're not actually interested in the short story itself, um, at the end of the ebook, there are some exclusive uh, chapters from the upcoming books of ella and brooke so if you're fans of these two authors uh i think it's worth picking up for those things alone
2: yeah absolutely
0: also uh it's worth noting that wrapped up in you is going to be the first gay movie produced by passion flicks uh passion flicks is a subscription-based uh M- movie like well sort of channel essentially mm-hmm. uh and they have lots of like hollywood classics lots of rom-coms and things like that but what makes them uh unique is that they're also producing original content almost all of it based on uh, very popular romance novels by uh, some of today's biggest authors and wrapped up in you is going to be their very first Uh, Gay themed movie as I said and that is coming your way in 2019.
2: Yes, I I thoroughly enjoyed the short story uh, because you can't really go wrong with Christmas celebrated at an alternate time of the year and uh, Look forward to seeing how they make it into a film. Yeah, so a book that I have read Is called and it has nothing to do with any holiday at all uh, is The uh, Glamour Thieves by Don Almond I actually went off on a little bit of a sci-fi fantasy track here. Uh, This book is the first book in the Blue Unicorn series, and we get to meet JT, who's an orc, as if you didn't realize from that that it's a fantasy book. Uh, He owns a boutique robotic shop kind of out in the desert of California, and all of a sudden coming back into his life is Austin, who's an elf who he's been friends with and at another time might have actually been something more, but uh, Austin has shown up with a stolen car, in, a, in hopes that he can bribe JT into joining him on an adventure to steal a virtual intelligence called the Blue Unicorn. Now, Austin also wants this second chance with JT as well. And uh, as they get into involved and actually do steal the Blue Unicorn, uh, it actually starts to play a little bit of matchmaker too, because of uh, some things that I won't talk about in the review because I don't want to do spoilers. Um, I loved the, the sci-fi fantasy element in this book, the kind of alternate reality slash future happening in California, their, their, their trek from JT's shop out in the desert into San Francisco to make this theft, uh, and then traveling up through Sacramento, actually, on their way to Reno and Tahoe. Uh, (laughs) so it's kind of weird that we've traveled some Mm -hmm. of that road this Mm -hmm. very weekend, Mm -hmm. um, It was so cool. And JT has this, uh, he can plug himself into his truck. So he just kind of controls the truck with his mind. He's got these drones that fly around the truck, keeping an eye on everything and provide defense perimeter. I so fell hard for that kind of stuff in this book. Uh, But JT and Austin's relationship was also, it's not a romance, but you could tell they're trying to get their second chance at each other as they're off on this heist that he's pulled JT into because JT has settled into a very much honest working man life after a past where he's been a little more like Austin and being the thief. Um, so they're kind of push and pull on each other going from, Oh, let's, let's go over here and make love and remember what this was to God. I hate you. Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Such a really good, uh, push and pull. Um, I have a favorite line in this book as well that I actually marked uh, in since I was reading it all electronically. And this is something that J.T. thinks uh, shortly after uh, he and Austin have been in bed with each other and have talked about kind of their past and where things may go. And it's the line is, the cutting room floor of J.T.'s mind was littered with memories in Austin-shaped pieces. And it's like, that's just, I love that kind of imagery that that kind of brings up and, and, and the idea of where J.T. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's big battle sequences in here that I love. There's magic, and lasers, and guns, and blowing up stuff, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Book two of this series, Apocalypse Alley, comes out February 26th, and I think I'll be jumping on that.
1: Wanna hang out with us between shows? Check us out on Facebook. You never know what we might post news about book sales, bonus video content, and maybe even a live broadcast or two. Like us today at facebook.com slash Podcast and see what we get up to next.
2: So in addition to talking to Lucy this week, I also had the chance to talk to Greg Tremblay, who's one of our favorite voice artists out there. I'm actually reading uh, some Sylvia Violet books right now, or I should say listening to some Sylvia Violet books right now. Uh, that Greg narrated under his Greg Brudeau name. Uh, Great conversation with him, learning about his origin coming into the audiobook industry, some of his most recent releases, uh, as well as some little bits and pieces about his process in recording. Plus, he's got a great giveaway to talk to us about, too. I'm excited to welcome Greg Tremblay to the podcast. Critically recognized and listener beloved, Greg's work has been praised by Audiophile Magazine's Earphone Award, Numerous blogs, and he's the recipient of the Goodreads Readers' Choice Award for Best Narrator 2016 in MM Romance for *Dirty Heart* by Reese Ford. In addition to the Greg Tremblay name, he also maintains a curated collection of uniquely and delightfully spicy treats branded under the Greg Boudreau name. Welcome, Greg. Hey, it's great I, to be here. I totally feel like I'm I'm killing that other that like your second name. Pronounce it right for me. Boudreau. Boudreau. Okay.
4: Yes. That's I, that there's a great origin story of that one as well. So, you know, we can we can talk about him in a minute, but I think we had we had we had plans on that anyway to, to talk about that.
2: But. Yeah, or or you can give both cuz it is origin story time cuz all good stories start with that origin.
4: Start with an origin story. That's how right. How
2: did you get you, how did you get into audiobook narration?
4: Um, you know, I the, the short answer is luck and misadventure. The the more complete answer is actually that when I was at university, I studied theater and computer science um, because I had a passion for the stage and also for making rent on time. So um, when I graduated, I I really wanted to be a voice actor. It's one of the things that I was passionate about. And I talked with a couple of people who said, oh, yeah, like, I think you'd be good. Why don't you move to L.A.? And like, you know, in four or five years, you could probably find an agent or something. I was like that. It's not a plan. That's the start of a cautionary tale. I mean, that's <laughs> that's how I began living under a bridge in a refrigerator box. Um. So I I kind of set that aside and I I followed my um, my then girlfriend and now wife to uh, Ithaca, New York, because she wanted to uh, work on her PhD program, and um, I had nothing else to do. I had no other ideas, so. I did I.T. stuff because it's kind of the modern factory job. It's like, what do you do? Oh, I work in I.T. Uh, and I did other things on the side trying to find that thing that filled my soul. Um, I did some theater work, you know, but there wasn't a lot of professional theater in central New York to be done for pay. So I did some uh, some explainer videos and I did some training video kind of stuff doing voiceovers. And about five years ago in in late 2013, A friend of mine who was an actor in D.C. and I were talking and she said, you know, the voiceover world has really changed because technology has really changed. And she forwarded me a couple of emails that I looked through and uh, a lot of them were kind of scams. And but I, I found this one piece of information in one email that mentioned something called ACX. And I thought, all right, it's probably it's probably a scam, but I'll go check it out just to see what it is and uh so I, I looked up acx which i discovered was essentially match.com for audiobooks you know it, it was like hey you've it. got a book you've got a voice we could make a match um and it was fascinating because audiobooks were one of my most beloved mediums from a very early age i mean my my mom used to record them on tape for me when we were go on car trips in the 90s i was listening to them i loved things like um, the recordings of the Ellis Peters stories, the, um, um, uh, uh, brother Cadfile mysteries. And, um, my thinking was well, first you become a famous actor, then they'll let you do audio books. So the notion that I could do audio books at all was stunning to me. It was one of my favorite things to do. I mean, it's, it's right up there with animation, which I have yet to get the chance to do, but, um, so I went on to ACX and I found three books that I wanted to audition for. And one was a high fantasy book called Shard Knight, And uh, one was a, uh, a contemporary fiction called The Leap Year Boy about a kid that's born on leap year day and only ages at one quarter the normal rate. And another was um, listed as a gay romance called Dirty Kiss. And I, I had a moment of hesitancy about doing a romance book. Um, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe am I going to get pigeonholed as only being a romance, you know, actor, blah, blah, blah. And then I had a very weird moment where I thought, I mean, and it's just romance and went, oh, that's a fascinating prejudice. Where did that come from? I mean, you've enjoyed reading books about bug eyed, alien monsters. So clearly that's legitimate literature (laughs) and romance is just, I mean, it was like this fascinating moment of discovering a prejudice in myself. And I mean, I'd read romances and liked them, so I went. Oh, how, why do you think that? So I poked that, and I I downloaded the book because the the publisher had uploaded the entire thing, and I I read through pretty much the whole book in a morning, um, and went, oh my god, this is great! I mean, it's just it's this modern gritty noir PI story with this fun romance backbeat to the whole thing, and um. um you know, so I was like, oh, yeah," and uh, and I, I submitted an audition, and uh, I submitted an audition. Amusingly enough, um, on the 29th of January, 2014. Interesting, um, because
2: people should know that we're actually recording this on, on January the 29th, 29th of
4: January, 2018. So uh, exactly four years from this morning that I'm recording this. I got an email back from the publisher about a half an hour after I submitted the audition saying, yep, it, we loved it. And by the way, it's a series. You don't mind doing the next three books, do you? Um, so from an actor's perspective, it was amazing. I submitted three auditions and I booked five books out of three <laughs> auditions because I got the fantasy. I didn't get the, the fiction and I got the uh, the, the romance and. Um, Dirty Kiss. Was a kismet moment, you know, it, it was it was the right book with the right voice at the right time um, It was it was in that that years that couple of years where um, The LGBT romance market was doing a second tryout audiobooks. They had been marginally successful initially and Dirty kiss and it and a, maybe a half dozen to a dozen other books in that year really got a grip and people loved them. Um, and so it, it was not only artistically rewarding, it was sufficiently fiscally rewarding for me to be able to, to improve, you know, my physical setup, improve my, um, my approach to things. I learned an enormous amount, um, and, and move forward and haven't looked back since. Uh, the Boudreaux line came along actually partly, um, uh, because of, of Reese Ford as well, because we did some other books that were not romances at all. And some readers were kind of like, well, where was the sex? I mean, I, I got a Reese book and Greg read it and I don't, I, I feel cheated. I never got any sex. And I was like, hmm, because hmm. I'm going to record all over the place. Uh, and I went back and forth on it. And I still don't know what the perfect answer is, but I, I started the Boudreaux line as a certification that I promise you, there's a good plot and plenty of hot sex in the book. You know, there's there's at least two or three excellent and make you sweat on the metro sex scenes in this book, and that's that's kind of that's my promise to you. And Boudreaux um, is actually my other family line. About five generations back, it turns out that my my fifth you know great grandfather um monsieur Tremblay married the, his, the the his mom but monsieur boudreau was the dad of all of my uh, relatives and decided that canada was not for him and he scarpered off to the uh, bayou in louisiana and became part of the the cajun uh culture so I, it's it's my uh my saucy um you know slightly more free spirited side of things um so it's i don't know it's not so much a pseudonym as it is a
2: branding line Mm-hmm. Do you decide what um, goes in and there, I, or do the people who contract you decide what goes in there? Or is it kind of a mix? I mainly decide what goes in there.
4: Um, you know, I, I'm moving more and more of my if it's explicit at all romance in there. Just, you know, but I mean, if it's sort of like a, a sex scene or some very if everything's happening off page, it'll it'll be under a tremble. just because I don't want to you know, I want people to know that if if what they're after is good sex, they're in the Boudreaux line. Um, and in the trembling is everything—you know, nonfiction and sci-fi and fantasy and rom-com and what have you—so um, it's become a bit of a balance. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe I should have just left it and and kind of left people to sort them out by themselves. I don't know that there's a perfect answer. Some people like it, some people hate it. I'm torn some days. We're moving on. It is what it is. So we're stuck. I'm stuck. I'm sticking with it now because. I may as well rock it on. So, yeah, um,
2: absolutely. So You've got it set up, so you might as well. Keep I've got it, got it going set up. And, I may as well. May as well keep going. But. And and set the reader, or in this case, listener expectation uh, appropriately.
4: Well, and it's and it's you know it's nice as I say. I mean, I, I we, we we I do have some nice freedom now to be able to, to pick and choose what I do, and um, so I the promise that there's going to be solid plot is is the other piece that I'm. I'm like, it, it's not just sex. There's plot and sex. But and those combinations
2: kind of... are, are quite awesome, actually. <laughs> they, I love it. When yeah. it all comes together correctly. Um, yes. It's, it's kind yeah. of a brilliant thing. You made a mention uh, that uh, 2014, as you got into this, was really kind of the, the resurgence of, of gay romance in audiobook. Mm-hmm. Do you see overall, though, that audiobooks really seem to be coming into their own more than ever before? um it really seems Absolutely. like it's a uh, uh, still an up and coming and growing piece of the puzzle for authors
4: it is and um and and that's not a subjective um perception you know we we the audio publishers association of which i'm a member tracks the growth of audiobooks and audiobooks have seen double digit growth every year for the past six years um, starting in in 2012 2013 audiobooks grew between I th- my recollection is somewhere between 19 and 46 percent every year um, you know I don't think that level of growth is infinitely sustainable there will be a time when that will start to taper off and the growth rate will will not you know will they'll, they'll continue to add new titles but we won't continue to add. Uh, the velocity increase of of new titles that we're adding, but it's certainly a medium that has gained enormously. And I think really what that is is the result of seeing technology availability meld with artistic skill um, as the technology got better and cheaper. And the things that you had to do to make the technology work got a little bit more straightforward. It's allowed the actors with the, the, the skills to approach audiobooks, which is not a universal acting skill, to find that technology and find the avenues into producing them. And that's you know, definitely increased mm-hmm. um, the availability of audiobooks. They're a neat opportunity for authors. Um, not every book is a great fit. And, you know, it it's it's tied in with so many other things. I mean, it's it's not an instant moneymaker, but it can be a a good financial uh, investment for authors if it's done with forethought and awareness of pitfalls. And um, and it's such a neat medium. You know, a lot more people are, uh, you know, enjoying the ability to to read while working out, exercising, driving, gardening, getting things done. Uh, My favorite Somebody told me that they almost drowned because they were laughing too hard because they were listening while they were swimming laps because they've got the waterproof uh, iPods and I was like, don't make me put a disclaimer on the books. <laughs> I'm like, Not responsible for accidental drowning. If, um, but, and I'm very proud because uh, abridged audiobooks used to be 85 to 90 percent of the market, and at the last count, I think they're less than one percent um of the market. People, you know, we want our full books. We don't want a uh a dumbed down version. We want the entire thing, and I'm proud of that because I think that's that's the way they should be. You know, there's no need to abridge an audiobook. People want to get lost in it, you know. So,
2: yeah. Absolutely. I like seeing that. I never understood the abridged thing. I don't necessarily I don't need the Cliff Notes version. I want the whole yeah. thing. I mean, when they were being recorded
4: exclusively in expensive studios by big name actors and recorded on expensive media, I could see cutting a nine hour book down to two and a half just because they wanted to, you know, not charge $150 for them. But now it's all download. Forget it. You know, it's storage is cheap. Um, and you know, why not get lost in that book for 14 hours all with it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about the many genres you work in, the rom-com, the sci-fi, the non-fiction, looking at some of your gay romance titles, you've got a couple of, of newer ones out there in the market. Yeah, uh,
4: yeah, we just dropped a few in the last week or so. Week I think
2: the, the newest one, I think, if I was looking correctly, is Oversight by Santino Hassel. Tell yep. us a little bit about that and the, and the characters you're giving voice to.
4: So Oversight is the third book in Santino's um, community series, which is... Um, uh, Third book or second? Oh, there's 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 uh, insight, oversight, and sightlines. So I guess sightlines is yet is yet to come out. Um, it's a three book series, and it is a it's a paranormal. Um, it's it is in that sort of sub genre where it is there there is a romance to each of the books, but the overarching plot is a is a paranormal um, plot, and it's a setting where. Um, psychics of various forms exist within our society and have formed a community of their own um, Potentially for protection and for mutual support But as with many things, there's always sort of a sinister flip side to any kind of organization that becomes very totalitarian so um, the books each uh, book follow uh, one pairing within the community that are connected through bloodlines and misadventure. That uh, that are both fighting for the safety of the person that they've finally found, who you know is that person that can plug in with them and be um, be their their partner, and also the safety of of their community and their friends. The um, the LGBT themes that sort of plug into it are nicely enfolded because the the characters themselves are all either. Uh, empathic, telepathic, precog, postcog, a little bit of uh, telekinetic. And so they, within society at large, are marginalized. And there's a little bit of, we pull in and protect and comfort the marginalized in society because many of these psychics are believed by their families to be schizophrenic or to be otherwise mentally incompetent. Um, And of course, a lot of that dovetails in with at-risk LGBT youth who are on the streets, who can't figure out why they can, not only are they gay, lesbian, transgendered, genderqueer, but they're also not plugged in the way everybody else is. They're seeing things that they don't understand in dreams or from other people's emotions and minds. And so it's uh, it's all woven in kind of nicely. And it's a, it's a neat array of uh, of characters from Texas to, um, Queens to upstate New York to California. So it, um, you got to do a little bit of, of, uh, working around and, and I was very proud. The, uh, the, the proofers from Tantor, um, totally just went with it and did not question me on the fact that, uh, the guy from the Bronx asks people questions. Um, you know, I, I was I was waiting I was waiting for them to tell me that, that that's not how you say you're going to ask somebody a question, and they, they totally didn't they let it fly. I was very proud. I didn't have to fight back on that one. That's good. I'm alright with it.
2: So, <laughs> and in addition to that, your another one of the books you've had out recently, which is one of our favorites as well, is Wild Trail. By AM Oh Arthur. yes, A.M. Arthur's, yes. And uh, um, you got praise from Audiophile magazine for that one. Congratulations. I did. I'm very excited to see
4: that. I'm excited to see Audiophile um, you know getting a few more. I mean again, there's only a handful of reviewers at Audiophile, so they've got they have an increasing job on their hands with the increasing number of audiobooks. But that was one of my first uh, Harlequin titles. Harlequin has started doing um, the the gay romance line, especially. And uh we, we did that one, I think the the sequel to it we're recording in another month or so. And um lovely, lovely book. You know, it's um nicely paced, very well set up. Um you know, it's a dude ranch in no- northern California, and um and yet the the population of it is kind of interesting because the the lead cowboy used to be an an LA SWAT uh member who he, You know, I can't give away the backstory of why he left SWAT, but it's, you know, personal trauma and going back to nature and going back to family. And so he lives with his grandfather, um, who is gay and not with anybody, really. But, uh, you know, on this this dude ranch that they've established, that's like, look, we're super LGBT friendly. uh, And and if you are super not LGBT friendly, we will super not get along. So (laughs) you should get back in your car and just keep on driving. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard to, to describe it because so much of the, the story is, is woven into the, to the plot and the backstory. So it kind of gives things away, but it's, it's a nicely paced, really fun story. Uh, you know, I, I get to get to wander around in a little bit, a little bit of that, you know, kind of, um, central western um uh, american dialect you know that kind of wyoming into northern california and uh and uh just the the kind of the the ranch um rhythm of things which is fun it's it's a neat book it's uh a, a, a dusty narrative you know the the way that the narrative flows is very much evokes the aesthetics of that part of that kind of scrub california pine you know pinion forest and um you know, a little bit of Joshua tree and kind of, you know, some, um, it's, and, and, and what's funny is the, a lot of the, the emotional parts pour through that narrative, just like a stream in that part of California. You know, you kind of run through these dusty moments of, of angst and backstory, and then there's an oasis and it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's nicely done. It's a neat story. Yeah. So it, was it was a lot good. of fun and to work
2: with. Audio file certainly called out your narration for some of that very stuff that you just Talked about well, as I,
4: well. It's it's audiophile's been very nice to me, and I'm uh, I'm I'm thrilled. But it's uh, yeah, so it's neat to see audiophile um, reviewing the genre more. You know, it's um, there's a lot of excellent books, and um, you know, there's a lot of excellent stories. I mean, there's it's uh, it, you know the the genre is really such a such a a, a giant bin of so many different subgenres that. Um, you know, for the longest time, it's just been, oh, well, are they are they the same gender uh, over there in the gay gay sections? Like, well, yeah, but it's really a sci fi or it's really a, I mean, it's like it is a romance and it's just it's they're all metadata um, books now more than genre, subgenre. You know, it's yes, it's male, male and it's romance, but it's also and 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 so.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, so that's a neat. Uh, it's neat to see it getting more recognition. And uh, I think they've got two reviewers that are that are really interested in male male romance and they're starting to branch out a few more of them so uh, that was nice to see
2: that's great yeah Yeah. so if if i counted right on audible you released 55 books in 2017 between your two names how on earth do you create so much in a year (laughs) um
4: you know i'm i am fortunate enough to do this full-time now. Um, that's about a year and a half. Um, it's going on two years that I, I left the day job behind and I do this as my sole job. Um, I credit Google Calendar with a, a large portion of that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's careful planning and uh, figuring things out into the future. I, I'm, I'm blessed that I get to work with both independent authors, um, boutique publishers like Riptide, like Dream Spinner, uh, and the some of the more established um, audio publishers and some of the big five as well, and I fill my calendar up, going out three or four sometimes five months and um, but I have to make sure I leave some space because when the when the more established publishers call, their timeline is like three weeks. They know three, four weeks out maybe that they need me, and here 's a book. So, um, I, I organize my entire week into production blocks of three hours of time in the booth, which translates, uh, to one and a half hours of finished audio, um, two hours on an excellent day. But if I can bank on one and a half, then I'm safe. So I do one of those morning and afternoon, five days a week. And I know that if I need to adjust or massage, I can pick up. Up to three of those stints on an evening and two of them on a weekend. So I can add an additional five production blocks if I have to. Um, You know, I think when I ran my numbers, I think I actually recorded 63 audiobooks in 2017 um, between, you know, ones that were actually coming out in the beginning part of 2018. Um, I work on an excellent YA serial for uh, the company Serial Box called uh, Remade, which I do with uh, a very talented actress named Laurel Schroeder. And so those don't show up on the uh, on the Audible um, list. And some of the anthologies that we end up doing, we don't get credited on, which is kind of annoying, but they don't show up. So it's it's weird. I have my own frustrations with that, partly because when I get them, I'd love to know who did this other story, but I have no idea which one of my colleagues. So I'm posting it on Facebook, like, hey, who read this story for for this anthology I was part of? Anyone? Anyone? No one? Okay. Hmm."
2: (laughs) Well, it's interesting that they don't do that, because we're certainly in an age now, Mm -hmm. at least from what I hear in gay romance circles, where people will pick up a book because of who narrates it, not necessarily who writes it. And so it would seem like they'd want the the names on the anthologies, too, because it might sell copies. I would think, but
4: anyway, (laughs) by gum when I'm in charge of that production house.
2: (laughs) Did you ever see that coming when you started, that it could be somebody's picking up a book because Greg Tremblay narrated it rather than the author who was responsible for the creation of the words in the story?
4: Well, I did because I did that. Already, oh. you know, um, I have narrators that I have followed from series to series and, and they to me, it's always been very much like um, the, the days of, of pocket books were in the back of the book. There were five pages of other books that were similar, you know, either by the same author or that the author had done a, you know, a, a dual authorship with or that, you know, tour or ban or bantam was was hawking to people that liked this book. And there was lots of oh, I'll pick that up. Um, I think it's, I think it's an obvious to me, um, just because we do it with movies. You know, there are times where you're like, oh, I really love what Charlize Theron does. She's in that. I'll give that a try. Why not? You know, like, eh, I wasn't really sold on it, but sure, you know, she's always amazing in it. and Oh, Carl Urban's in it too. Oh, all right. I'm going to go see, you know, um, and so I, I think that it, it makes sense to me that we would follow we would follow authors down their series line. We would follow their recommendations when they're talking up books. And if we like the way that an author and a narrator go together, um, that we would say, oh, you know, I really – I liked that and let me see, you know, what else that narrator plugs into well. So, so I get it. but,
2: <laughs> but How do you students? decide what books to do and, and to where – to, where to put your recording blocks?
4: I, um, so I, I mean, I, I will say for, for, uh, for the offing that I'm, I'm, you know, not in such high demand that I'm, I'm having to choose between 20 books to only do one of them. So, um, I, I do still do a lot of, of the books that are coming down the pike and, and I'm fortunate enough that I, that I am, you know, very happy with most of those, um, There are, you know, some books I don't, I don't, I'm not the right fit for. And, um, thankfully I, you know, I'm in a position where a lot of authors I can have a good conversation with where I can go, you know, I don't, I don't think that I'm the voice for this book. Um, even some authors that I've worked with, or I'm like, I I love doing your sci-fis, but this next series is a woman's story. You know, I don't, it's not told in first person, but it's still her narrative, not mine. Can I please recommend Any of my amazingly talented colleagues. How about this one or this one or this one? Why don't you give them a listen? Just because it's not it's not inherently my narrative. You know, I have no difficulty with character voices. But why would you have me read a a narrative that was predominantly a person of color, uh, predominantly a woman? Um, You know, I there's a lot of stretch. You know, I. I, I do some some tension with the fact that I record gay men's stories because I'm bisexual, but I've never really lived the exclusively homosexual experience. You know, I, I mean, I, I've lived functionally as a heterosexual man for most of my life, even with some male partners. So that's a tension that I go back and forth with. I'm like, you know, am I, is, this, is this my narrative? Is this not my narrative? And so I really, I have a, a very strong feeling that I, that you can only kind of cross one step away from your dominant experience, you know, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I might do a, a story with a, with a minority main character that was not at all about the experience of being a minority or a person of color who was in all other respects, <clears> pardon <throat> me, respects very much like myself. Um, but I do try to steer away from really stepping into somebody else's Narrative to tell um, I also prefer not to tell stories that are entirely in a dialect. That's not an American Midlands dialect um, You know, I'm certainly comfortable with character voices, but I kind of feel like if the whole book is supposed to be to- told in a British RP Why don't you hire a British narrator? Um, mm-hmm. You know not not that I can't but but why? Um, <laughs> and there's a there are some books that simply don't translate well into audio um, there's some really neat stuff that can be done with publishing. And you know, sometimes you'll see authors that a chunk of the book is actually the visual kerning on the page where that's part of how they've actually crafted the, the communication. It's like this, this isn't going to translate. I don't, we don't, we don't have any way to do this. If the whole book is, you know, you don't want to listen to me read you a Calvin and Hobbes strip. I mean, I, <laughs> I can describe it, but it just ruins it. So, right. um, so we steer away from some of those as well. But, um, you know, I, what I enjoy now is that I do get to sort of cycle through my genres. I, you know, my favorite genre to record is one that I haven't done recently, um, just because I enjoy the the kind of challenge. At a certain point, you're kind of going, "All right, I need a book where no one's kissing, just because." And then you're like, "All right, I need a book where no one is shooting anyone." For a little while, and there's no spaceships, and um, and then at a certain point, you're kind of going, if I have to look up one more faculty member's last name pronunciation for another nonfiction, I might scream, can't
2: someone just fall in love? What's coming up next in the in the gay romance genre specifically?
4: Gay romance genre specifically, what am I doing next? Well, we've got a couple that are coming out, um, so I'm actually looking, because i because I need to tell you what is specifically next. Um, the um, I, so I, I do think that there's only that one. There's only the two sentino books out. So we'll have the third one. Sightlines is the third in the community series that's coming out. Um, we're recording. Yeah, insight overs Yeah, so Sightlines is coming out. We're recording the uh, the next book in the the uh, Am Arthur. Um, line that follows uh, uh wild trail, which is called roped in. Um, and, um, the next in, uh, Sylvia Violet's Ames bridge series. Uh, the name of which is currently escaping me. I've got it written down somewhere. Um, tied down, tied down. Yes, I think it is. Or tied to home. Something like those lines. It's in my other section. Sorry, Sylvia. Um, so those are the ones that are coming up. Um, so oversight or sightlines should probably would be out, I'm guessing, in the next couple of weeks. Um, so middle of February.
2: It's,
4: yeah, it's done with post-processing and um, we already did the – I think we did the pickups for that. Yeah. Um, so that should be out shortly. Um, oh, we've also – there's a couple others in the pipeline. Um, we've got um, uh, Amy Lane's Redfish Deadfish is, um, is all through – Um, post and should be entering into the uh, audible QC Um, uh, Andrew Gray's uh, recent Hearts Unheard and then um, uh, uh, Mary Calmes' Late in the Day uh, as well so those are all Dream Spinner titles that are going to be dropping anytime cool so sometime in the next two weeks I would imagine
2: very cool nice
4: yeah there'll be a little flood here in February
2: Prolific that you are. It's not surprising. You've got all yes. coming right out the door in February. <laughs>
4: Just keeps coming.
2: So what's the best way for folks to keep up with you online and to, to know what's coming down the pike?
4: Um, definitely to look me up on uh, my, my blog, Pros and Cons, uh, which is at gregtremblay.com. Um, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, Twitter, Gtremblay Voice, and Facebook, Gtremblay Voice. Um, Those pretty much all get the same content flowing out. So whatever your uh, whatever your social media platform consumption preference is, that that would be the the way to keep in touch and also to get in touch. You know, I I feel free to drop me lines and and reach out. I love to love to say hi. And uh, you can usually catch me uh, via Facebook Messenger at any any given moment. I'll just uh, if I'm in the booth, it'll be, you know, an hour or so before I uh, tag you back. But I'll be around.
2: Very cool. Now we're very excited that you've got a giveaway for our listeners. What do they yes. have the chance to pick up from you?
4: Well, um, I think what we're going to do is uh, I've, I've got some some Audible codes that I can give away, um, so we can give away a couple Audible codes. And I've also got, fortunately, now I got CDs of some of my work. So um, perhaps the, your your uh, grand prize winner can uh, can pick um, from a CD that I would uh, I will happily send to them if you if you'd like me to personalize it. I can do that. Um, in my hot little hands at the moment, I've got some titles that are completely lacking in gay romance. <laughs> I, gave, I gave away most of my gay romance titles when I was on the road, uh, which is annoying. But I've got um, one of the uh, Smoke and Sin series by Alexi Black and, uh, or, uh, Shayla Black and Lexi Blake. Um, an excellent YA if you want to branch out into a scythe. then if you want to go with the nonfiction route, there's Pandora's Lab. Um, if you'd like, your grand prize winner can pick... One of Centino's books, it's just going to be a few weeks until I get my copies in. So we'll kind of see how that goes. It's
2: very cool. It's kind of like you're a rock star being able to give out CDs to people. It's fun. It's, <laughs> it's fun to have CDs to <laughs> Well, Greg, thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's been great chiding with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It's been great being here.
0: Once again, thank you to Greg for taking some time out of his very busy schedule.
2: Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> uh, we caught him as he was coming off of sickness, and so he was trying to make up time and talk to us at the same uh, time. Gosh! Hopefully he's back on track now. And uh, thanks to him, too, for the great uh, giveaway that he's got there, uh, the chance to get uh, audible code for a first prize winner, mm-hmm. and a CD, an actual physical signed CD, like he's a rock star, as I mentioned in the interview along with an audible code for the grand prize winner. So check out the Rafflecopter in this week's show notes at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. I think that'll do it Yes. for this week. Coming up next week for Valentine's Day, we will have episode 123 with V.L. Losey and R.J. Scott coming back to the podcast. They're going to talk about their Valentine's Week release of their latest in the Harrisburg Railers series called Pope Check.
0: Well, sounds good. Yeah. Now, guys, remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. So until next time, guys, keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show
1: notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.